Welcome to episode one of Athlete Insight. Today we have on a great guest, someone that I truly enjoy to be around, former Tulsa Hurricane and current Cleveland Brown, Willie Wright. Uh, let's jump right into it. Willie, how are you doing today? Man, I'm blessed by the best. I can't call it. How about you, bro? <laughs> I'm doing good. You know, over here in Fayetteville, it's super warm out. It's like 95 or something like that. So it's it's a warm summer day here in Arkansas. So, um, just before we got on, we were talking about your reporting to camp here on, what, Monday? Correct, correct, yep. You know, with coronavirus coming in, just kind of canceling everything out, um, how are you able to, like, stay in shape for um, training camp that's coming up here next week? Um, were you able to, like, go use a gym, or you have to reach out to someone else? What kind of, like, what, what did you do to stay in shape? Uh, so actually, Bo, um, I came from Houston to uh, Tulsa uh, originally to, you know, train and work out at TU, uh, my alma mater. And uh, the day I got to Tulsa, uh, camp was shut down. Like everything was shut down, went wrong, everything. So I was kind of stuck out for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, at the places I'm staying at, I'm just doing push-ups, cardio, uh, I'm lifting patio furniture, you know, things like that. Just to anything I can get my hands on. List and uh, one day I uh, got in contact with um, a fellow alumni. He, uh, his name is Jerry Ostrowski. He played in the league for about 18 years mm-hmm. not 18, my bad, 8 to 10 years. Yeah, and um, I called him. I, you know, initially I was just calling him to see if he had any extra dumbbells that I could use to, uh, you know, kind of lift, keep myself occupied. And um, he was like, Well, I don't have any extra dumbbells, but I have a whole garage that you know, I'll allow, I'll allow you to use and come train at. So after that, I was like, cool, cool, cool. So, you know, from then on out, I've been training at his house every day, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, sometimes on the weekend, I go over there and get a stretch in um, or, you know, anything of that nature. But, yeah, Jerry Ostrowski, he, he was my safety man. He, you know, like I said, allowed me to come over and uh, use his garage gym. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I know with me, whenever the season got canceled, I was just like – yeah, I'm not doing anything. I was just kind of like, well, my college career is over. Obviously, um, they awarded like spring athletes that redshirt year. Um, but man, I I started working out again like a month ago, and I am so sore. Like it's been a month, and I sh- still shouldn't be sore. So Willie, you're a freshman year, you redshirted, correct? Um, what was that experience like? Do you think it was overall good for your career? You know, a lot of guys, when they come in, they're eager to play um, right away. And, you know, I was one of those guys. But, you know, after um, coming in and switching positions, you know, being an O-line my whole life, and then my freshman year coming in and playing D-line, uh, it was a difference, a big difference. So, uh, you know, just kind of being able to sit back, uh, learn from, from the older guys, a whole other position, um, also get acclimated with time management, you know, school and football. Um, at the next level was, uh, you know, interesting for me. So, yeah, redshirt, I, I enjoy it. You know, I make the most out of it. Yeah, because after you redshirted, you played in 49 games in your career, um, started 48 of those, and there's only two games I remember you not playing, and that was in 2016, I think, when you got injured. Right, 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 exactly, exactly. And, uh, man, I, I remember the – I don't remember what day – I think it was the 13th of October in 2016. Um, we played SMU, and um, it was a run play outside zone to the right. And uh, when I was 
my DM, my center, he threw his D tackle into my, my knee, my left knee. So um, I was out for about two weeks and then returned uh, the following week for Memphis. But yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, um, you missed you missed Joe's homecoming. I'm pretty sure that year. So that was that's definitely a, a bummer for for you um, to miss homecoming because I know that's always a big game. Um, this past year we were both actually in Tulsa for their homecoming weekend. I think they lost on a last second. We missed a last second field goal or something like that. I'm pretty sure. But but where Man. where do I find Willie? Um, he's in the alumni building eating food. Eating Papa John's pizza. <laughs> always, Willie's always eating food. Aren't you not, Willie? Man, I'm an office alum. <laughs> hey, we gonna get active. <laughs> hey, give us, give us a little insight to how you cook your wings or cook your chicken. Because I know I see it on your Instagram story, your Snapchat story about you washing your chicken or something the night before and marinating it. I, I don't do all that. So give us a little insight on how you do it. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, a lot of people do it different ways. Um, me personally, sometimes, you know, depending on uh, who I'm cooking for or how I'm doing the chicken, this chicken in particular, I like to marinate it. Washing it, you got to wash your chicken. A lot of, I know some people, they'll pull it out the pack and they'll just keep it pushing, seasoning it. Now nah, you got to wash the chicken. Obviously not with no soap, <laughs> cold water, and then um, dry it and, uh, you know, season it up with whatever you like. You know, so not just salt and pepper. You know, you got to throw some soda in that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I like to marinate and, you know, get all of the seasons, the juices, you know, inside of the chicken before I throw it in the fry and let it go. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, sir. Well, um, rumor has it you and my sister ate lunch today there in Tulsa. So am I going to have to have an issue with that or what's, go- <laughs> what's going on there, man? single and so you know we we're waiting for you to get wiped up one day i know you'll work on yourself but you know me and you we enjoy being single you know we enjoy being able to go out and kind of you flirt our game around with some girls you know watch girls do some stupid stuff on a dance floor and you know we'll make eye contact whenever we go out and it's just like instant connection we know what's going on and we just start cracking up laughing so man we've definitely had some good times going out there in tulsa and always it's always a fun time but um, so this past year you spent it on the look scene with the Browns, um, which is like the scout team for the NFL. Um, can you kind of give us like a rundown of what like a day would be like for you in practice, and kind of like what you do and what your role is? Just that practice alone for me. Uh, get out there, you know. Obviously, you stretch. Well, you get out there a little earlier. You do uh, walk through from uh, the install that we just went over and meet uh, prior to. After you do walk through, uh, you'll go in the stretch. We'll stretch for probably about 10, 15 minutes. Um, well, depending on the weather as well. If it's freezing cold outside, we don't need a little, you know, extra time. But um, stretch for about 10, 15 minutes. After stretch, you go to individual period, um, do indie drills with your uh, position coach. Sometimes the tight ends will come over with us. Uh, after that, we'll go, uh, depending on the day, we'll do a special team. So if you're on field goal, go do field goal or punt, whatever. Like I said, special team it is for that day. After that, you go back to individual uh, for about two periods. Um, 
handy, then that's when you start doing the team stuff. So my specific role um, really hit in or kicked in whenever we got the team. So basically, um, during practice, uh, basically like a scout team in college, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would line up as the, you know, scout team O-lineman. They'll hold up a card, and I'll basically run whatever's on the card, you know. And sometimes they would, you know, we would be shorthanded with injuries or whatever the case was. Um, I would play a little defense, you know, look at the card and run the card, you know. And it's, it was nothing, you know, crazy. But, um, yeah, it was, like I said, it was basically kind of the same thing you did as a um, freshman redshirt in college on mm-hmm. the scout team. Yeah. Um, anyone that you, like, whenever you're working on the offensive line and giving them looks, who's, like, the, the hardest person you'd have to, like, work with blocking or, like, work against um, maybe on the defensive side when you're trying to run a different scheme for the offense? Miles Garrett, and <laughs> he Miles is Garrett. He is a bad dude, man. He is – I don't even know how anyone can contain him. Bro, you see, he just got paid. <laughs> he got paid for a reason. Yeah. The dude, like – He's so crucial on the field, you know, and, and you know, obviously, he, I mean, he's worked to get to where he is, but the thing about Miles is his get-off, for me at least, is his get-off. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'll line up, you know, as a left tackle, right tackle, or whatever they needed me to be for the week, and, um, you know, as soon as the ball moves, he's he's moving at, at the same time the ball is moving. You know, that's what makes it so crazy. He, he's just, it's clockwork for him. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember an instance, I actually, uh, well, I ain't going to do that, I ain't going to tell him myself. But, uh, yeah, he's he, <laughs> he coming off that edge. He, he, he's a different breed, definitely. Yeah. Do you, have you noticed, like, a big difference in that from, you know, playing D1 at Tulsa to just being there with the Browns? Do you notice that the game picks up just a little bit, or is it pretty similar in speed? Um, Speed. Speed is a little different, not by much, um, but I will say the biggest difference for me personally was um, getting adapted to the uh, playbook. Mm-hmm. You know, me, to you, I played tackle. Uh, coming into the league, you know, I was more of a guard-centered interior lineman. Yep. So um, the playbook is, it's, oof, <laughs> you ain't ready for it, it can hit you, it can hit you hard. You know, you could be the best athlete in the world, but if you cannot digest that playbook, you know, it, 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 it'll be tough for you. But um, that was probably the biggest difference. The speed definitely picks up, you know what I'm saying? Like I just said, I mean, going against people like Miles Garrett, uh, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ovenzobe, um, Olivier Vernon, mm-hmm. people that's humming off the ball, yeah, it's, it's definitely different compared to what you were going to in college. Yeah, I think, I think people don't understand, like, you know, the, the stereotype with football players are, like, dumb jocks. And I think a lot of jocks get that. And I don't think they understand how complex, like, a playbook actually is. And I don't think they understand the intelligence that's actually there that is needed to be able to comprehend, you know, like, where they need to be on a certain play. Because in football, you know, especially on the line, like, if, if one alignment misses the assignment, then the whole play falls apart. And so that's that's truly, like, the beginning of all good plays is the line and making sure that, you know, you guys do your job because if you don't, then quarterbacks getting sacked, uh, running backs getting blown up in a hole. So um, I think that is the crazy aspect that, you know, most people don't think about is how like much preparation goes into understanding the playbook and making sure that, you know, you're in the right spot at the right time. Exactly. No, that, that's, that's a fact. And, you know, it, as we all should know, at least, it starts in the trenches. Mm-hmm. You know, everything not just 
on the offensive side of the ball, you know, like you just said, quarterback blowing up, even on the defensive side of the ball. Everything not right in the trenches, you know, the linebacker, he might get shook up in the hole, whatever the case is. The game, you can't play the game without, you know, every, or you can't win the game without everything being right in the trenches. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're known, um, especially in college, as being a very charismatic person, kind of like the character, um, definitely being like a light in the room. Um, obviously you're, you're a leader in the locker room in college and, um, what would you say the biggest difference is in like an NFL locker room compared to a college one? Do you think that in the NFL one, it's more of like a, a business type, whereas in college, like everyone's always like goofing around and having fun? Yeah. So, um, no, definitely. So the, the major difference, um, and I kind of think you hit it on the middle is the business side of it. Um, you know, in college, you got your homeboys, like, after practice, hey, what, what are we about to go get to eat? You know, I had a group. Mm-hmm. Um, we go eat every Thursday, you know, before the game on Saturday. Every Thursday, we went to Texas Roadhouse. And, um, you know, in the league, you have a little bit of that, but you also have to realize these are grown men, you know, people that might be six, seven years older than you, yeah. you know, as you're approaching. You know, so you can't try that too, with too many of uh, the people in the locker room, like, hey, bro, let me, uh, let's, uh, let's go get something to eat at such and such. They're like, bro, I got a whole family at the crib. <laughs> I got a whole wife, kids, my wife already got dinner made. Like, I'm not about to go eat with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> now, will they be, you know, uh, disrespectful with it? Nah, not at all. But it, you just have to be, you know, more um, understanding when you get to that level. Mm-hmm. It's not like college, like a college locker room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I'm sure you've never had to tell anyone that, oh, no, I can't go eat because one of my homies from Tulsa, <laughs> one of my homies from Tulsa is coming up and she's got this fake ponytail and it's her birthday, so we're going to go out for the weekend. I'm sure, I'm sure you can't, you've never told anyone that. Um, by the way, that's my sister who had the fake ponytail, if you guys wanted to know. Um, <laughs> okay, big news, big news coming out of the NFL today. Washington with the new team name. How are you feeling about it? The Washington football team. Man, I mean, you know, I'm the type, I'm going to mind my business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so how do I feel about it? Um, really doesn't matter. Uh, but at the same time, when, I ain't going to lie, when I seen it, I was like, that's different. You know what I'm saying? It, it was just, it was different. I was like, mm-hmm. so, but, you know, I found out later on that, um, they were, uh, it was only temporary. Like, they were still going to come up with a, an actual name. Yep. But um, not, I first seen it, I was, I was kind of shook. Like, nah, that's not real. Because I think I seen it on Twitter first. Yeah, that's you how know, I was. This stuff on Twitter, you know, people just be lying and trolling. Mm-hmm. And then I end up seeing it on the ticker on ESPN. But um, I, I really don't, like I said, it, it was kind of weird when I first seen it. But, I mean, I don't really have too many um, feelings about it. Just because it's like, it's like, it was like a wild moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it, I saw it, and I was just like, really? I was like, there's no there's no shot that they chose that. But, hey, you know, I don't get paid to make those decisions. So I'll let, I'll let the big decision makers take care of that. Their uniforms look pretty sick, though, so I'm not going to complain about that. Kind of got their retro with a number on the helmet, so. Um, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, the helmet was cool. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Yeah, so um, kind of going back, like, the locker room, like, um, this is a concept that I um, battle with a lot. Is like, do you think 
a leader is like born or do you think people become leaders? Because I've been around multiple people that try to go into that leadership role and it's just a failure. And then I've been around people where it's just like they're not even trying and like people are going to follow them no matter what. So what's your concept on it? Because when I think about you, I think you're more of a natural leader because people just follow you anywhere we go. People just kind of like follow you and want to be around you. Right. So, um, first, you know, obviously it's, you know, multiple different ways to lead. Um, you have, you know, vocal leaders, you have people that lead by example, things of that nature. Um, I honestly think, you know, it definitely has to be in, you know what I'm saying? Cause I've definitely seen people that try to do a little too much, you know, be more rah-rah instead of just, you know, being the person that's actually leading, you know, the pack. Mm-hmm. So I definitely it, it needs to be in you instead of forced upon you or, you know, I, I believe everyone has the ability to be a leader. You know, it's just, how are you leading? You know, like I said, are you the guy that's giving a speech before every game? You know, that everybody's going to corral around and listen to? Or are you the guy that's going to go out there and put in the work, not say one word, but you got a couple young guys that's looking up to you and like, okay, you know what, I want to do what he's doing. You know what I mean? It's definitely a lot of different ways to um, to go about leading. But to answer your question, yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, it, it's just built in you, you know, from, you know, birth. Mm-hmm. Um, which one are you? Are you the rah-rah speech guy in the locker room, or are you just going to go out there and butt some heads? See, me, with the rah-rah, I'm not, I, I wouldn't consider it rah-rah. Mm. I'm so, um, I'm so passionate. Yep. I'll say that. I'm so passionate, so I'm not going to give you a whole speech. They did, they killed my brother. We got to I'm not about to do that to you. You yeah. know, but I will get you, I'm going to get you fired up, you know, before the games, I was the type I'm, I, matter of fact, I'll put it this way. I was more so of a, an emotional leader. Mm-hmm. There we go. I'm going to get your emotions boiling right before the game. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Uh, especially at you, like, we had a chant before every game that we did. You know, some people might have not liked it, but the majority <laughs> of the team that I, you know, from my understanding, they enjoyed it. They liked it. But it wasn't just something that I did just to, you know, get you going, just to get you going. You know, I also, I feel like I needed that to get up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, I'm very passionate, you know, about what I do. Yeah, that's so, um, yeah, that's that's the crazy thing about like the difference in our sports. Like I played baseball, and I mean like yeah. <laughs> in baseball, like I'll be honest with you, baseball's boring. Um, you don't really, <laughs> <laughs> you, you really like coach will give you like a speech and like what are you gonna do? Like sprint out to your position and then like. You sit there for maybe 30 minutes, and then you might get a ball. You might not. Like, so that's that's what like I've I played football like up till eighth grade, and then my mom was like very against it, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not gonna play football then. But that's like the one like regret I think I have was not playing in high school, just because like football creates a man. Like you're gonna go out there and you're gonna get pop get popped multiple times and. Um, it just teaches you some very good life lessons, but the excitement of the sport is so much more than like baseball in my perspective. And so that's some, definitely something I wish I would have got to experience more. Um, now that I'm here at Arkansas, I'm definitely excited for SEC football, um, this fall. I'm excited to, you know, be around that environment. Hopefully we have a season. That's kind of like the big ordeal now. So, um, 
what do you what's the NFL doing for you guys? Like when you report, like do you have to go through like a protocol for coronavirus stuff? Yeah, so uh, as of now, um, my understanding, well, actually, these past couple weeks, uh, we've had multiple calls with the NFLPA mm-hmm. uh, players and, you know, the player association. And they've kind of been giving us some things to um, look forward to or be ready for whenever we report. So to my knowledge at this, at this very moment, uh, day one, we'll come in and uh, we'll test. So we'll test, and then it'll be, I think, two or three days where we're just in the hotel or at home. And then um, day four, I believe we'll test again. Yep. Uh, well, we'll get results, then we'll test again. Um, and then I believe if you have a negative test, you'll get your physical. If you have a positive test, then you'll be quarantined for two weeks. That's that's what it is to my understanding uh, from what I've heard so far. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a... I guess that's not terrible. It's nice. You know, we got baseball and basketball back now, um, obviously with no fans, but it's it's just a crazy time. Like here at Arkansas, um, we've kind of like tried to quarantine our athletes, tried to not necessarily quarantine them, but like create a fake bubble almost and try and like um, just make sure that, you know, they're not going anywhere and not being around in big groups just because... Like, if we want to have um, fall sports this fall, whether it's soccer, volleyball, um, cross country, or football, you know, athletes can't be getting sick. You know, we have to slow the spread, obviously. And so I think that's something that Arkansas has done a good job of is really limiting the amount of exposure athletes have for it, um, which is, you know, you look at Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State was a hot spot with their athletes. Um, here at Arkansas, we haven't had that, which is – which is nice. I don't know what it's been like at Tulsa because Tulsa has been shut down, shut down for a while. It seemed like I don't. Even, are are the athletes at Tulsa on campus now working out? Yeah, they are. So they kind of came up with a, um, a system as far as them working out. Uh, I don't know if they had to wear masks or not during workouts. Mm-hmm. They've moved half of the um, the weight room rats uh, outside, and then half of them are still in the weight room, but. They've done multiple different workout times, so it's not just a whole team in there at one group and then a whole team at another group. So it's like it'll be a group at like maybe six thirty, then eight thirty, then nine thirty, ten thirty, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. just to kind of spread. I think I believe after every workout, they're sanitizing and cleaning all of the equipment that's been used. Um, to my knowledge, at least, you know, I haven't yeah. been um, around coaches to you know ask them, but mm-hmm. from some of the um, some of the stuff that I've heard. Man, 2020 has really sucked. It really has. You know, we start off the year with <clears throat> Kobe dying. Terrible thing. Right. Everyone at helicopter crash. You know, that just kind of set us up for a bad year, it seems like. And then two weeks later, not even two weeks, like a month later, you know, Corona hits us full force. I remember right. I came I came to Arkansas to interview for my GA position. And, like, that was, like, the first week of March. It was, like, March 5th or something like that. And we were all like, oh, Corona's a joke. Like, it's just in China. Like, it's not going to come over to the U.S. or anything like that. And then two weeks two weeks later, seasons are getting canceled. Everything's shutting down. And it was just like, wow, like, full force. Just getting hit with everything at once. Um, and then obviously with everything going on with the Black Lives Matter, it's, that's probably the best thing. Um, that's coming out of 2020 is the change that we're trying to get. Um, obviously, it's not something that 
you we really shouldn't have to be fighting for everyone should have equality and be equally represented um and you know that with my sister and me and my family how outspoken we are about everything i remember i'm pretty sure it was you fourth of july one year when we were up on that rooftop um restaurant in tulsa do you remember when that guy freaked out because you you asked his daughter if you could use the chair and she's like yeah sure go ahead and then whenever that man got back, he was just, like, outraged because someone took his chair that belonged at that table and not our table. Bro, that was, like, that was like an eye-opening experience because, like, there was no calming that guy down. Like, right. nothing could have been done. And when the fact whenever he put, like, his hand on you to, like, move you, I was like, do you realize how big this guy is right here? I'm like, you're trying to move a, <laughs> what, a, like a... Six five, six six guy, <laughs> like six four ish, like three hundred pound man. Like this is a man, and like you over here, you're a little boy, dude. Like you need to chill. And he would not stop, not stop. Man, that was just a whole ordeal. Um, cool. You know, huh? The craziest part about that situation, bro. Um, you know, like you said, you know, I asked the lady. She said it was cool. When a dude came over there. He just snatched and he, like you said, he put his hands on. Yeah. If he would, if he would have said, "Excuse me, sir, hey, we're still using that," like that's you know our chair for our table. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No you problem. Know, sir. And we could have kept going on about our day. You know what I'm saying? I was, I would have been cool, not bitter, bothered at all. You know what I'm saying? But I, it was his approach. How he came yes. at me. You know, I'm like, you know what? I, <laughs> I, I want to set it off real quick, but I'm like, don't do that, bro. Don't yeah. you know? This, this ain't. You don't even call for all that, you know. No. Nice. Yeah, that was crazy too. And just, it just had to ruin the whole night. You know what I was thinking the whole entire time? I was like, I was like, all right, if we swing, like I got to be the one to swing because I can't risk your career. I ain't gonna go pro, so I can't risk you getting in trouble. So I'm like, I got to be the one to swing on this guy right now. So that was my thought process during the whole thing. I was like. All right, I'm the one doing all the bad work here. You know, I might be the smaller of the two, but you know what? I'm going to be the one swinging. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's solid. That's solid. Uh, no, good times in Tulsa. I don't think Tulsa's been good to both you and I. Um, honestly, I didn't go to school there, but I spent a lot of time there um, visiting my right. sister and stuff. And, you know, Jay Mitch, man, he's a hot man. He is a man that everyone wants. And so. Man, this guy, I mean, like, even, like, my sister complains nonstop about how popular he is. I'm like, hey, sorry that you don't have that fame, Brooke. Like, she wants it. She, you know, she, whenever she's walking around Tulsa and people recognize her from being the MC at a football or basketball game, she's like, oh, I'm famous. And I'm like, yeah, your voice is famous, I guess, but I don't know if they, like, truly actually recognize who you are outside of Tulsa. Like, Jay Mish got a shout-out on by NASCAR, you know? So it's just like, who are you going to pick, Brooke or Jay Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> nah, Jay, Jay Money, he, he definitely is that dude, man. And it's, it's been like that since uh, freshman year, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies, you know, everybody kind of, you know, tracks towards him. Uh, just a, generally, just a good dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, Jay Money, that... <laughs> 
man. He's got some big stuff in his future. That's the exciting thing. You know, he's going out to he's going out to what Charlotte, right? Here, being in August. Yeah, next month he'll be out there in Charlotte, bro. So that's that's it's it's crazy. Us us retired athletes, you know, we actually got to go, you know, like work our lives away. You know, you get to enjoy the game a little bit longer. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as the Lord bless me with it, man, I'm, I'm uh, doing it. Yes, awesome, sir. Man. Yes, sir. Um, so what's, what's after football for you? I know you got your degree in communication and that's a huge thing to be able to have that to fall back on. But for some reason, I think you want to go into coaching, right? Right. Coaching and uh, student athlete development. Student athlete development. So actually, um, honestly, bro, I've been, uh, you know, the NFL PA or NFL and NFL PA. Um, I feel like they do a pretty good job with, um, helping players in the off season with um, externships slash internships mm-hmm. and job um, shadowing opportunities. So um, this past February or this year, February of this year, um, I got an opportunity to uh, go to the University of Georgia and kind of do an externship slash uh, job shadow deal with their uh, student athlete development department. Okay. And uh, first, you know, I was going to go. So, you know, we have, we're pretty much the pioneers of student athlete development and academic success with our athletes. And so it would be a shame if you didn't know anyone that worked here in the athletic department that could, <laughs> that could maybe hook you up with a little something, something, man, I, that's hey, just talk- crazy. Hey <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I've, I called the hogs for the first time. <laughs> like a week ago or something like that and you know it kind of gave me goosebumps kind of felt like i was joining a cult but it's not a bad cult to be in so right you know hey i'm not a yeah yeah oh bro i was i was at the game too that's okay and i was i was telling everyone because then i had no affiliation with you know arkansas and actually my friend played soccer here but um you know i was telling everyone i was like yeah like tulsa's just gonna whoop up on arkansas today i get in there we get it brooke and i and i forgot who else was with us we get in there like after like this like at halftime we're like great another fun fun game of tulsa getting their crap beat out of them because i don't even know what happened quarterback couldn't do anything it didn't seem like and I was like, Arkansas is really beating us right now. 
And then so I just started talking crap on Arkansas fans the rest of the game, which that gave me some enjoyment, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, to- I... So, let's see, your freshman year, your redshirt freshman year is 2015, right? So you So, you played OU 15 and 16, right? Or did you only... OU... Was just 15. OU 2015, uh... Matter of fact, that's the only year we... You know, okay, my true freshman year, the year you, that I... Yeah, 14. 14 y'all played them. And then 15 you played against them. Do you... At, uh, OU and Norman. Yeah, do you remember... Um, your press conference before the Oklahoma State game, like the week before that game, do you remember your uh, press conference? You were at. Uh, it had to be talking about we had a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position, so it had to be talking about quarterback. Yeah, so you were asked a question about, um, you know, can you explain what it's like, like the difference between, um, the two quarterbacks you had at the time, like, you know, you, you, they were both getting reps in at practice. Like, how difficult is it to um, manage, like, different playing styles, and do you happen to remember, like, how you answered the question? <laughs> I remember starting it off, um, <laughs> or I don't know if I started it off, but I remember adding in that uh, it wasn't too many, you know, differences. Um, they both were light-skinned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they both could run, you know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I pulled it up the other day and rewatched it because it was with uh, Jesse. I'm pretty sure, and oh my gosh, Jesse just lost his mind whenever you said that, and just everyone in the press conference room did. And oh, uh, I was just I laughing. I was so serious, bro. Like when I said, I'm in my mind. I'm thinking like, okay, you know, they're both like Obviously, they're not asking about that. Just to kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah, throw that out there. Both light skin, you know, and everybody just started going crazy. Yeah. And then I kind of took a bit too, but. <laughs> yes, you did, yeah. And I, there wasn't really any too big of a difference between the two of them, so. That's a, it was, I just thought that was so funny. You, you know, you're always making everyone laugh in the room, so it just doesn't even change, you know, during press conferences, which are supposed to be serious, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> See, they, they, to you, by then, they should know, you know. I'm going to definitely keep it serious, but I'm going to definitely bright. I'm going to try my best to brighten the room up a little bit. If everybody asking questions and talking in the same, uh, yeah. I'm going to give you that. Yeah. I miss it, man. I, I really hope that there is football this fall. Um, you know, every day it goes back and forth from having football, not having football. All these conferences are, you know, canceling out-of-conference games. Um, seen a lot of D2 just like pushing back their fall start. So it's it's going to be interesting because I don't know what the financial landscape looks like for most schools without football. Um, football is obviously a revenue generating sport at almost every school that has it, whereas majority of other sports don't. So if, if schools don't have football, then I don't know where they're going to be able to go to um, keep the schools afloat. So, you know, let's talk about college athletes getting paid. Like, obviously, if we're that important to a school's financial success, then it's got to get right. somewhere, I'm, right? I'm glad you mentioned that. I was just having that conversation with somebody um, probably like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my teammates, or former teammates, uh, he tweeted basically saying, you know, we're, we're now noticing how important 
college football or college athletics is to, you know, institutions, especially when you know that some institutions won't survive if we don't have college football. Yeah. You know, he, I think he hashtag, like, pay the athlete, something like that. I was like, yeah, you, you're talking. Keep talking that noise. <laughs> talk, talk that stuff. You know, but, um, I mean, like you said, I mean, people are now seeing, like, how, you know, important it is if you don't have, you know, uh, the revenue generated from these sports, your school will probably fail. You know, a lot of a lot of times it's you know the smaller institutions, but even some bigger schools, not a not a Ohio State, I think they're gonna be set for life. Yeah. But um, definitely a lot of institutions will um hurt if we don't have uh, football this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you just say you look at Tulsa, like Tulsa was struggling kind of before the virus kind of hit, and then virus hit, and then it's just kind of. You know, made a lot of uncertainty there, and it. You know, Tulsa, they compete D one in all their sports. Um, so it's just kind of like a crazy thing to think about a school failing because you know we don't have a football season. So, which right. blows. That's definitely a situation, man. I wish I had the answer. You know, if I had the answer, I'd make a lot of money. That's for sure. Exactly. You feel me? <laughs> How don't we have these answers, man? Like, come on. It's, it's, oh my gosh, it's, it's definitely frustrating, you know, at this point. Uh, obviously, you know, nobody planned or took time out for a global pandemic to be mm-hmm. going on right now. Yep. You know, so uh, obviously we're not going to have all of the answers, you know, at hand as, you know, quickly as we want them. But mm-hmm. it's just like, dang, like, what, <laughs> what are we going to do? What's really going on? You yeah. know what I'm saying? But, Are you a conspiracy you know, theorist? Not really. Not, I mean, you know, I, I see them every now and then, but not, not really. Yeah, I'm not either. And I, I see all these conspiracies going on right now, which is like everything that's going on around in the world. I'm just like, man, like if some of these things are true, I'm like, gosh, like I, I'm i really not living a good life, I guess. Like people are, <laughs> people are pulling strings. I didn't, didn't even know those strings should be pulled. I'm like, crap. Like, someone actually, like, purposely infected all of us with the virus? No shot. Like, please, really don't let that be real. Like, come on. <laughs> nah, that's a fact, bro. That's a fact. I see stuff almost every day where there's a, like you said, cartoon. I know a lot of stuff, uh, they'll show The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they talk back in 2005. you like, bro, hold on. <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all just create and make this stuff up or was this really episode? Yeah, man. You know I- what I'm saying? Well, you got any final words for the listeners this week? Any any message that you think needs to be heard? Um, anything about your story that we haven't really talked about that you kind of want to get out there for you know people to know about you, understand? Uh, not really. Uh, hey, if you whatever you're doing, keep working, keep working, man. Nobody cares. Work harder. <laughs> That's kind of the motto I live by. But uh, nothing to add on to what you said. Man. I feel like you kind of hit on. A lot of stuff, some of the stuff that I forgot about, you know, that, that means you did your research. You did, you did good things, you know what I'm saying? But, um, nah, bro, you, you did just keep doing what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? Keep doing your thing. Progress. Yes, sir. You know, I got b- bored during quarantine, so I thought, you know what? People just want to hear from, like, athletes that they can relate to. You know, we don't, we haven't heard very much from athletes during quarantine because, you know what, you're all training, keeping your heads down, just making sure that y'all are right for season whatever that may be football baseball basketball so that's kind of the goal right. of this, this podcast is just you know get that insight um kind of give us you know something to look forward to something to enjoy with other people so well i appreciate you coming on today 
Um, you know, I, I wish you nothing but the best here in the next week or so, traveling out there, getting re- ready for uh, training camp. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be hot. So I'll make sure that they turn the AC on for you, make it a little bit cooler for you up there. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, you wanna what's your what's your Twitter so these people out here can come follow your Twitter, or your Instagram, let them get to know you a little bit better. Twitter, um, Twitter is always right underscore fifty eight. That's A L W A Y S W R I G H T underscore five eight. Instagram is. First, last name, middle, initial, which is Willie F. Wright, W-I-L-I-E-F-W-R-I-G-H-T. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you coming on. You know, enjoy the rest of your day. Be safe getting out there. Yes, sir. No problem, bro. Appreciate you for having me.